Your attention is precious. Pulled in a million directions for a million different reasons. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina works hard to make sure your health insurance isn't one of the many things distracting you from what's important. By making healthcare easier to navigate, we help keep your focus on the moments that matter most. Like dinner with loved ones. Letting you focus on you. That's the benefit of blue. Learn more at benefitofbluesc.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's both an honor and a pleasure to be the host of this podcast. Um, today, it's just me. It's a Q&A session. I haven't done one of these in a long time. I've had a lot of people uh, you know, asked to do one as well as just kind of fire some random questions away. And so I wanted to give you guys an opportunity uh, to ask away, and uh, I'm going to sift through them. Now, these questions are a combination of Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. So uh, I will be going through them and, and try to get through all of them. Uh, I doubt that I will, but um, I, I wanted to, uh, yeah, just kind of interact with you guys and give you a chance to, to ask questions since it's been a while. Um, one thing I do want to say is, uh, is I just want to, again, thank you guys for tuning in and continuing to support the show. I, I would not be doing this if it weren't for you guys. So um, I'm very humbled to be in the position that I'm in to um, – to still be able to host this show after uh, almost four years now. So thank you, and uh, I appreciate you. All right, uh, first question, tell us a little bit about your tattoos. Um, so on my right arm, it's uh, it's basically the Navy SEAL Trident. It's just a kind of a rendition of it. It has all the same elements, but it's not in the same layout or format uh, as the actual Trident pin. Uh, on my left arm, it's the uh, the Navy's rendition of the gadsden flag basically um just a, a snake and an anchor that don't tread on me uh, kind of theme on my left rib cage i have the bone frog tattoo which i'm not going to show you but uh that's uh you know synonymous with the seal teams and was designed and drawn originally by a seal instructor that ended up dying in training um and so a lot of other instructors, while I was going through at that time, got that tattoo in, in memory of him, and it just kind of spread like wildfire. And a lot of guys uh, now, you know, tons of the community has it. Um, and then on my uh, inside, my my right bicep there is um, basically the the E pluribus unum seal of the United States uh, from one many is what that means, and. Uh, just from a patriotic standpoint, kind of dug uh, dug that and and the spot. But uh, so that's it. I do have uh, seals and frogs going around my right ankle, but I uh, I try to keep that a secret. Uh, fuck one, marry one, kill one. Clark Impostato, Clint Emerson, and Shane Hyatt. 
Um, well, I'm not going to kill any of those guys because they're all uh, good buddies of mine. Um, but I'd, I'd probably fucking marry all of them, frankly. They're all good dudes and all worth, worth both. So uh, what's your favorite EDC handgun? I've uh, talked about this, uh, I don't know, probably a dozen times on different shows, but um, overwhelmingly I like to carry the Glock 43X in a Tolster um, Kydex holster with a Streamlight uh, TLR6 light on it. Uh, I do like to carry either Spear Gold Dot or Federal HST ammo. That's what I carry most of the time. That's what I have on me right now. And I would say 90% of the time, that's what I'm rolling with. But I do, depending on the environment, if I'm going somewhere that, um, you know, maybe is, is just seems like it's a little dicier, then I'll roll with a full Glock 19 just because it carries more ammo, a little bit better, you know, accuracy at, at a little bit further distance, a little easier to shoot uh, quicker. And, um, you know, so I, I will carry that sometimes, but it's quite a bit bigger and bulkier and harder to, to carry. So, uh, but overwhelmingly, I'm definitely a Glock guy. Um, <clears throat> what was the scariest mission you have been on? I would say the the GoPlat, even though it wasn't the most dangerous, was the scariest because it was the first real-world mission, like legitimate real-world. I mean, we, we had been on the coal and, and did a boarding and, and had done some real-world stuff prior to that. But that was really, you know, kicking off the Iraq war was uh it was pretty nerve-wracking leading up to it because we had about six weeks of rehearsals doing that that same exact mission um you know and it was just the anticipation of that and the war hadn't started yet so it, it was a lot of build-up going into that and so um you know the the cotton mouth factor was pretty high uh on on infill <laughs> on that that mission so that was probably the most scared that i've been um all right, a little dog question. Have a stubborn a stubborn St. Bernard that my parents would never take out. Now that I have her with me, she's aggressive towards other dogs and won't stop pulling when walking her. What can I do to stop this? Um, you can sign up for teamdog.pet. Uh, that will walk you through everything. But the, the, the gist of it is, and this is really with all dog behaviors, and I won't, I won't answer a ton of dog questions on here. I'll, I'll answer a few. But, but really, every dog issue boils down to or almost every dog issue boils down to one simple thing, and that's a lack of impulse control, just like with people, frankly. Um, you know, but if you think about all of the different instances where your dog, quote unquote, gets into trouble, almost always it's they want to do something that you don't want them to do, you know, whether it's chasing a, a squirrel or going to the door, bolting out of it, you know, when somebody comes there or uh, trying to snag food off of a counter or being reactive to another dog on a leash, et cetera. And so with all of those things, and, and this included, is that you want to provide a contrast where you're incentivizing the dog to do what you want, i.e. using food, a primary reinforcer, and feeding them through training, where when they make eye contact and they, and they look at you and they're by you, then that gets marked and rewarded. So you're communicating to them through your actions that it's their actions that dictate the consequence. In this case, it's being fed. Now, on the transverse, to provide that contrast, using a, say, a prong collar or even just a, a flat collar and giving a little bit of a pop and, and backing up and not allowing them to pull, stopping, moving back, going away from what they want to check out, uh, provides that that consequence for uh, you know, the, the negative behavior that you don't want uh, them to do. So 
when you go back and forth, you know, you provide the consequence of pop on a prong or, or backing up with a flat collar. And then when they look at you, you mark and reward that and they get fed. That paints a very, very clear picture to the dog, what's expected. And then also, uh, you know, what the, what the reinforcement is and what they get out of doing the right thing. So, um, and then just doing lots of sessions of those, just like with anything else in your life, whether it's shooting or jujitsu or, um, you know, pick anything, bowling. I mean, you know, what, whatever it is, is that you have to practice, you know, and, and you've got to get a lot of repetitions in and do it so many times that the dog uh, has what we call a conditioned response to the command of heal. You know, they know exactly what that is, what the consequence is if they don't do it and what the reward is if, if they do do it. So that's really with, with any problematic behavior. Uh, how many times have I choked myself today or in general? Um, cause it's, it's a daily thing. Uh, have you ever had any equipment fail on you while on a target? Uh, nothing major. I mean, there's been, you know, like, uh, my re retainer clip, um, or, or we call it a, a weapons catch for my, uh, breacher shotgun on that same go plat target, um, kind of got jacked up and, and didn't retain the, the shotgun as well as, as I needed it to, uh, something with the Velcro and, and there's metal in it that got bent and, um, you know, so that, that became a little bit of a pain in the ass, but nothing major where I had like a major gun malfunction or, you know, night vision that broke or, or anything like that. I've been pretty fortunate that way, um, where I, I haven't had any, any huge, huge issues, but, um, what's Mike like after the podcasts are done, the dogs are fed and put up, the cars are parked in the garage and it's time to relax. What do you do to unwind? Um, I take the cars back out of the garage and I go drive the shit out of them. Um, Car, cars and bikes over the last couple of years have become uh, kind of my meditation and, and you know my my therapy or vacation, if you will, is that it's you know it's something that I'm very singular singularly focused on while I'm doing it, and I really enjoy it, and uh, and so that's a big one. Outside of that, I, I do just like to kick my feet up and relax. Honestly, I, I don't like to go out. I you know if I'm unwinding and relaxing, um, you know, honestly, just on the couch with, uh, you know, something to eat and, and, uh, you know, a good show on or something like that is as lame as that probably sounds. Uh, that's my idea of relaxing, honestly, just being away from a lot of people and, and, uh, just being at home kind of kicking back is, is for sure my favorite. Um, what's the best life advice you've ever gotten and from who PS, if I were gay, you'd be in trouble. Don't threaten me with a good time, Jeremy. Um, <clears throat> best life advice. God, I've gotten, you know, I've, I've gotten too, too many pieces of advice from too many brilliant people um, to, to pick one, honestly. The, you know, I've been incredibly fortunate to have been around a lot of really, really good people my entire life that have provided me with a ton of guidance and advice and um, you know, I just, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without a lot of people's help and, and guidance. So unfortunately I, I can't, uh, I can't just pick one. There's, there's too many. Did you have dogs when you grew up or did you get into dogs when you were in the military? Now, if you had read my book, Jack, um, you would know that I had a, a black lab named Bud growing up. That was, uh, was my muse as it relates to dogs. Um, <clears throat> all right. 
as you guys know, you know, health and fitness and nutrition are a big part of my life. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur and running business and foundation dogs and all that, uh, you know, stress plays a big role and, and, you know, obviously nutrition also plays an enormous role in productivity and, and brain cognition and all that stuff. Um, one thing that I've come to, to realize over the last couple of years is how big of a role magnesium plays, uh, especially in terms of absorbing vitamin D. A lot of people, you know, take vitamin D and supplement with it. And there's been enough studies now that shows how, how vital of a role vitamin D plays in your immune system and not, not getting sick, basically, whether it's COVID or other shit is that vitamin D plays a huge role. You know, so does vitamin C, but vitamin D actually even plays a, a bigger role than a lot of people uh, have historically thought. But one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that if, if you are deficient in magnesium, your body will not absorb the vitamin D that you're supplementing. You know, so it, it, it can be completely useless if you're not getting enough magnesium and, and over 75% of the population is magnesium de deficient. So... Um, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that you need to be supplementing with, uh, with magnesium also and, and good magnesium. You know, a lot of them have, uh, the, the two cheap synthetic forms and, and they're not full spectrum. Uh, so they, they won't do much to, to fix your magnesium, uh, deficiency either. Uh, I take magnesium breakthrough by bio optimizer. Uh, it's organic full spectrum, uh, includes the, the seven unique forms of magnesium, for stress relief, better sleep, uh, vitamin D absorption. It's all, all in one bottle. It's two, two pills a day before you go to bed. Uh, and I've been amazed at, uh, just the, the mood energy levels and, and just how I feel in, in general. So it's a, it's a key component to, to my diet and nutrition, uh, regimen. So I, I strongly, strongly recommend it. It's made a, a noticeable difference in my life. So I wanted to share that with you. They, uh, they have offered 10% off any order, uh, if you go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash mic drop and uh, use mic drop, just all one word, all lowercase for 10% off any order. I uh, wanted to share that with you guys. Check it out and uh, they'll take care of you with that discount code mic drop. I have a fun one. Would you rather be immortal, have infinite amount of time, or have the ability to read anyone's thoughts? Uh, to me, immortal and infinite amount of time are, are kind of the same thing, but um, I'd probably go with the ability to read anyone's thoughts. Uh, I don't want to be around forever. I think it would cheapen the experiences that you have here on, on Earth if you knew that you had uh, unlimited time. You know, I think it's, it's that way with a lot of good things. You know, there is obviously uh, such a thing as too much of a good thing, and I think, I think that amount of time would... Uh, would corrupt your sense of, of value that way. So I'd rather be able to read, read people's minds. Uh, what's your take on, maybe I wouldn't want to read them though. In some instances, who knows, but it'd be interesting to say the least. What's your take on the Mark Owen interview? Jack Carr did. Do you believe him or Rob? I didn't watch the interview. Um, I wasn't there. So who, who knows? Honestly, I, I don't know. It's, it's sounds like there's a disagreement as to what happened, but uh, I welcome either one of them to come on the show and, uh, and tell their story if, uh, if either of them are interested. Um, let's see. If you had to pick one candy to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably a Snickers bar or Reese's Sticks. Uh, those two mainstream-wise are probably my favorite, uh, favorite candies. What's the best lesson you learned the hard way, and how did it change the way you live your life? Hmm. 
Man, that's tough. That's a really good question. Um, probably from a business standpoint, uh, I'm going to leave the personal stuff out of it because there's just there's a lot of hard lessons learned that um, that I would I would throw in there that I it would take two hours to share that. Um, but you know, this is kind of a big picture, just business wise, of being being more particular and thorough as it relates to agreements, paperwork, um, contracts, things like that, having a better understanding of the things that I, I am getting myself into. I think uh, for me, and, and I think for a lot of people, you know, it's kind of like the terms and agreements uh, or terms and conditions with, you know, when you sign up on a website or something, like nobody fucking reads that. Now, you know, if you're signing up for an account, you know, on whatever uh, social media app, it's probably not as big of a deal, but you know, the, the legal ease that exists in a lot of contracts and, uh, agreements that you get yourself into are oftentimes for me difficult to understand. Um, and I think hiring a good business attorney and paying them, um, to make sure that you really understand every single thing that you uh, kind of get into bed with, uh, is really, really important. And I've learned that lesson the hard way, um, not having agreements with people that you're getting into business with, um, you know, kind of sorted out before you actually start doing things is, uh, is really important. If you didn't go to the seals, what job do you see yourself doing? Uh, probably a used car salesman. I think, uh, I think I, I'd have a real knack for that. I, I have no idea, honestly. I mean, I, th I do think about that sometimes. I mean, I probably would have gone to a community college um, and done who knows what, honestly. I really have no idea. I, uh, this is really all I wanted to do, you know, the second half of high school or two-thirds of high school, really. So um, that thought never really crossed my mind, and it's hard, it's hard to imagine what, uh, you know, what I would have done had I not done that. What do you really think is going on worldwide, and is the Second Amendment a red line? Um, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It does seem that uh, the game is afoot, and there's some nefarious actors at play. Uh, I, I do suspect that it's probably always been that way a little bit, and we're a little more hyper aware of it because of technology and social media and the fact that every swing and dick has a 5K uh, or 4K, whatever. 12 megapixel phone and video camera in their pocket at any given time. Um, there, there does seem to be some squirrely shit going on with uh, mandates and, and uh, statutes that, you know, the stuff going on in Canada right now is, is pretty troublesome. A lot of the things that have gone on in the United States mandate wise and, and mayors and governors dictating things that, that they're really not legally allowed to do. And people are, are just going along with it is, is, it's troubling. There's no, no two ways about it. Uh, and that's where, you know, a lack of education from a civics standpoint, I, I wish, and I've talked about this before, I wish there were a lot more civics classes and a lot more education as it relates to how the government works and, and you know, the basic rights and freedoms that, uh, that we are guaranteed or supposed to be guaranteed by our government um, needs to be communicated uh, in a much better fashion than it is in, uh, in our public school system. And, and I, I tend to think that that's not an accident, you know, uh, if you don't know better, uh, if you don't know any better, then it's going to be a lot easier to steamroll you with stuff. So uh, is the Second Amendment a red line? 
Uh, I would say yes. Um, let's see. You usually ask people how a certain issue affects them personally in order to assess the validity of their reasoning for desiring or demanding government intervention. I'm going to have to reread that. Uh, okay. Um, I, I guess I don't. Okay, there's more of the question. Do you accept the broader reasoning of cost to society at large as being a valid impetus for intervention, i.e. what has now become functionally unrestricted drug and alcohol use in many localities leading to a large subclass of homeless citizens largely unable to participate in American society? Um, so basically, do I think drug use is... You know, do, do I think that that gateway into homelessness and the scourge of society is, um, you know, valid from the government, uh, you know, giving the authority to do that? I, I do take a more hands-off approach, um, and I've talked about this on, on the other show, Uninfluenced, uh, which I do with my awesome co-host, Matt. I uh, encourage you to check that out, Uninfluenced. Uh, we do that twice a week. So, um, but... The, the um, you know, to me, the the government getting involved, I think, um, is a is a big gray area, and it's tough to to know what the right answer is. You know, there there are a lot of times where the government gets involved where I think most people don't think they should, and there's other times where I think the government should get involved when and they don't. Uh, I'll give you two examples of that, which is social media. Uh, and not from the standpoint of what I think most people are, are maybe thinking and hearing me say that, where the, the government should get involved in the weeds, scrubbing things from social media. No, I think the exact opposite of that. Where I think the government could play a, a big role is piggybacking on the driver's license um, protocol, where you, you essentially uh, can't have a social media profile until you're 16. There's been enough studies and there's enough data out at this point uh, to know unequivocally that social media and uh, a, a lot of usage of the internet at an early age is is very very dangerous and and bad for kids, and so no different than alcohol, cigarettes, driving, uh, those things are all dangerous to, to kids growing up, and and this is no different. Uh, there's some studies that show that it'd be pretty easy to argue that it's actually even more dangerous. Um, but I I think that you know if and this would actually help curb a lot of uh, issues even with adults is that uh, you you are issued a social media profile serial number from the government and and it could be your driver's license number and picture so that you're not creating a, a bunch of extra cost and work it would create a lot of extra cost and work for social media platforms but uh, Jesus Christ um, number one I know they can afford it and two I, I think I, I think they they owe it uh, to society to to buck up a little bit with that but in essence, you've got um, you know an ability to say, okay, here here is your social media profile, and now to sign up for Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, you have to sign up and, and use that, and then you're you're now a you know check marked verified user, and and everybody is right, and so you can't get on there unless you have that right. So now there's not anonymous trolls that are shit talking and threatening people and, and, you know, playing keyboard warrior and being able to get away with, with shit that's pretty terrible and, and, you know, bullying people and fucking with everybody 
because you can only sign up if you have this verified account. And now if you run your mouth, everybody knows who the fuck you are. There's, there's no hiding behind a keyboard. But with kids, just like with booze, right, is that you can't allow your kids to use your social media profile any more than you can let them drink your alcohol. And so kids don't have the ability to be on any of those platforms until they're 16. Then just like with driving, they've got a couple of years to be on it while they're still at home and can kind of be kept between the lines and have their parents uh, you know, help them out with situations and, and as they get older, uh, kind of get into the groove of it. But I think, you know, that that's an instance where I think the government isn't doing a fucking thing and they should. No, I don't think the government should tell Facebook what should be on there or not. Uh, that's a huge overreach. Whereas, you know, getting involved from a verification standpoint, I think makes a lot of sense. And that's something where the government should uh, and, and could be involved. The other thing is sex trafficking. Uh, the government, by and large, isn't doing a fucking thing. And when you and when you look at uh, you know the numbers of hundreds of thousands of, of sex traffic workers here in this uh, in this country, um, you know those are larger numbers than COVID, larger numbers than uh, guns, larger numbers than I mean, pick anything that that affects uh, eighteen and under. Uh, you know, sex trafficking is overwhelming the largest number, and, and the government's doing the least about that. So. Those are two issues where I think they, they should get involved. There's a, a host of them uh, where I don't, drugs being one of them. I think you got to let people uh, do what they're going to do. And um, I, I think, you know, homelessness has more to do with, with policies based on uh, economics than it does drugs. Not entirely, um, but, you know, people are going to do drugs uh, if they want to do them. You know, the fact that, say, heroin, as an example, is a federal felony in all 50 states or, or at least I think it is, and there may be Oregon and one other that now that allow you to do it. But uh, but by and large, I mean, for decades, it's been a federal felony, and there's still millions of people that use it. So um, I, I don't think you're going to stop it that way. I, I think you should just uh, kind of let Darwin and nature run its course uh, that way um, and uh, and also keep tabs on it uh, from from a government standpoint, whether it's taxing it or uh, you know controlling it a little bit so that you can – uh, keep keep uh, a little bit of the the trafficking aspect uh, to to a minimum, but it's kind of a long winded answer. But do you believe being fully dedicated to a job and missing out on having kids or wife will give me regrets in my sixties? I aspire to be a surgeon, but I cannot half ass it. I think that's a personal choice. Um, you know, to me, I mean, even saying missing out having kids or a wife, well, if, if you don't want those things, and you're not going to be missing out if you do then I would have them. Um, you know, you, you really kind of have to shit or get off the pot. I will say there are pro a number of professions, that being one of them, where it's almost impossible to do both well. Not saying it is impossible. I'm saying it's almost impossible. I have no doubt that there are some really, really uh, great world-class surgeons that are also amazing husbands and fathers, but I, I don't think there's probably a lot of them. The same way uh, in special operations, it's very, very difficult to be an operator. Actually, you know, in in an, in an operational uh, capacity and, and deploying over and over, it's very difficult to be gone that much and be that focused on your job uh, and also be what you need to be at home for, for your wife and family. So, um, you know, at the risk of saying pick one, I, I do think you kind of have to. Are you going to have regrets? Who knows? I mean, there's people that that uh, go their whole life without ever being married and having kids and, and are 100% okay with it, uh, and there's people that do regret it. Um, but I think, 
you know, for you, it, it's a matter of, of prioritizing it and deciding, you know, what, what's more important to you. You know, if you want to do both, then try to do both, you know, and, and just realize that you're going to have probably zero alone time and, and zero free time. And you're going to be burning it at both ends trying to do both. But if, if those two things are more important than the, than the last, then uh, have at it, uh, shake and bake, you know. What do you think about Rottweilers as a breed? I know it's a generic start point, but I've been thinking about getting one for a while now. I think all breeds um, are that, are a genetic starting point. And I've seen really, really good examples of every breed, and I've seen ex- extremely poor examples of every breed to say that, you know, I, I don't think that it makes sense to say this breed is that or this breed does this. Uh, you know, yeah, there are higher percentages of certain traits in different breeds, but it, it really all boils down to the individual uh, where you get get the dog, and and that's really the gist of it. So, um, you know, it, there's an element of kind of the American domesticated dog that's that's the breed, and then the breeds are paint jobs. Honestly, um, when you're not breeding dogs for specific working traits generation after generation after generation other than just being a good house pet guess what uh, that breed now becomes their primary job is being a good house pet you know one that isn't super strong or dominant you know isn't going to growl at kids over food or toys or, or being uncomfortable gets along with other dogs like a lot of those things aren't aren't really that genetically inherent in in good strong working dogs which is what you know 200 years ago almost every breed was was very specifically bred for a a very particular purpose and now they're not you know so um you know there's i'm sure there's some good good working rottweilers out there i've I've not seen many of them i've seen a a few Um, most of them are pet quality dogs that um you know, aside from the way they look, aren't any different than a lab or a golden retriever or, or whatever, you know. So um, that, that's my take on it. What are your thoughts on Justin Trudeau freezing the bank accounts of Canadian citizens who are protesting the vaccine mandates? I think it's uh, atrocious. I think it's tyrannical. And I'm really, really disappointed and surprised that um, that, that it's happening. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the Canadian citizens, you know, may, maybe there's things going on behind the scenes there to, to try to uh, unfuck that mess. But, uh, you know, to me, that's a, that's a pretty clear overreach and one that, that I think should alarm uh, everybody. Uh, have you ever worked with corgis? Uh, our good buddy Matt has a corgi. Um, you know, again, I'd say, you know, breeds, again, are, are kind of that same same thing. And I, if you like the way they look, then go for it. Um, <clears throat> how do seals avoid getting deployed? For example, David Goggins and Kenny Bigby. You don't have to single them out on the show. Well, I just did uh, because I just read it. But do you have negative opinions about seals that avoided combat? By the way, can you have a podcast with Andy Stump, Mike Glover, and Sean Ryan at the same time? The likelihood of that happening at the same time, unless it's via Zoom, and even then is slim to none probably. But uh, I agree. I think that'd be awesome. Um, in terms of, you know, avoiding combat and all that, there, there are a lot of factors that come into play when, you know, getting deployed or not. And, and I'm not, uh, privy enough to all of the circumstances. I don't know Goggins. I don't know Bigby either. Um, you know, so I, I really can't speak intelligently or with any authority on, on those two in particular as to, you know, 
where they went, when they did, and why, and, and all of that. Are there some guys that, uh, you know, quote unquote, hide? I'm sure there is. You know, again, it's kind of making an assumption. It, it may be easy to, to look at it as an outsider or somebody that, that's not intimately familiar with that situation and, and say, oh, you, you know, you were hiding or whatever. The reality of it is, I don't fucking know. And I'm not going to make that assumption on anybody, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, the short answer is, is I don't know. Uh, but I, I think even assuming that people are hiding, uh, I, I don't want to make that assumption because I'm not them and I wasn't there. But if you had the time, what would you want to learn to do? Um, well, you know, time is a funny thing is that everybody has the same amount of time. Every person on the planet has 24 hours a day and what they do during those 24 hours, what they choose to make time for is completely up to them. So I have the time to do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, now, granted, I've put myself in a position and I've made decisions to carve out a lot of my time uh, to be dedicated to certain things that, that I've committed to and, and I will continue to do so. But um, for me, the in getting to your, your question, uh, again, writing and driving uh, are kind of the two things that I'm the most uh, interested in, as well as jujitsu, which is a lifelong learning. I've, I've been doing it off and on for a few years and and I've gotten back into it pretty heavy here in the last year. And, uh, but you know, so I'd say those three things, uh, are the things that I, um, you know, are, are really focusing on gaining a lot of knowledge and experience and, and becoming a lot better at, at those three things, driving cars, riding motorcycles and, uh, and jujitsu. What do you like to do? That's not family work, car, bike, barbecue, exercise, guitar, or gun related. Uh, nothing really. I mean, other than like I said, relaxing, if, uh, if that's, what I need to do. But if you could have stayed in the teams, would you have done a full career? Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, like I've said in a couple interviews, I mean, I was at a point where I, I physically, I'm not sure that I, I could have stayed in and, and been a, an asset and not a liability. So would I have stayed in for a full 20? It's hard to say. Um, you know, I do think about that sometimes, you know, if I had stayed in, I'd be at almost 25 years now. Or I would be at twenty. I'd be at twenty-five years in August, which is uh, God. It makes me feel old, but um, I, I don't know if I would have stayed in. Uh, it's hard, hard to say. Uh, how many miles would you give away for free to get on Joe Rogan? I think y'all would hit it off with the recent attacks thrown at Joe. Americans could benefit from hearing you guys talk about the new book. I agree. Um, I'd be happy to go on a show. Uh, I've not been invited which is fine, but uh, how many miles would I give away for free to get on there? Zero. Um, you know, if he wants me on, he'll have me on, um, but I'm not I'm not paying to be on. I'm not giving dogs away to be on. That's for damn sure. Um, what's the biggest similarity between humans and dogs? Something behaviorally that they possess that we don't that would be considered respectable. I would say living in the present Um they, they do a masterful job of that by comparison to us. Some people do it better than others, but dogs uh, clown human beings when it comes to living in the present. One of the jokes I like to start off speaking engagements with is if you want to know who loves you more, your wife or your dog, lock both of them in the trunk for two hours, and when you come back and pop it open, who's happier to see you? For sure it's going to be the dog. Unless your wife's into some really kinky shit, but, uh, you know, 
the reality of it is is that dogs are are right now you know they're not thinking about yesterday they're not worried about tomorrow they are right here right now and, and i love that about them uh, that's the the thing that they possess that we really don't uh, the biggest similarity i would say you know is, is honestly is, is in the way that they or the way that we learn now there there is one big difference in terms of the way that their mind works it's a plus b equals c they make a simple association with everything Whereas we use logic and reasoning, we have an internal monologue. You know, dogs don't think in a language, which is hard to even imagine. But the, the mechanism with which you, you know, are, are incentivized to do things and, um, you know, discouraged to do others largely rests in, in the same, same vein of, of the pr basic principles of reinforcement and consequence. So uh, that's, that's the biggest parallel, I think. Um, what are my three favorite moments, memories from when I was in either stateside or overseas? That's another tough one. Um, you know, there's so, so many moments that stand out as being memorable, but just ones that, that I'll mention that kind of come to mind. Responding to the USS Cole was, uh, was very memorable because of what happened where we were at the time i was fucking young i was 21 um you know and uh it, it was just it was the first kind of no shit real world thing and, and responding to a terrorist attack and being overseas when we did it and uh you know it was that was pretty uh pretty wild another one is uh being able to take down saddam's palace in his hometown of Tikrit. that was pretty memorable and, and pretty awesome um I'd say the last one is is the first hell week that I worked as an instructor. You know, going through that training is is pretty eye-opening and life-changing as you can imagine. There's a lot of things that as a student that you assume or you wonder about behind the curtain, especially in hell week and so being getting to to be an instructor and actually put students through hell week was uh, was a hell of an honor it was just a really neat experience i worked a bunch of them in my three years as an instructor there but um it, it was just yeah it was, it was really neat to kind of see behind the curtain and, and see the the nuts and bolts and gears of of hell week and how it runs and how uh, how amazing of a of an event it is to to pull off it was pretty uh, pretty cool um all right, Mike, two questions. What is your strategy in handling acquaintances who are beta males who suck at keeping fit, pedestalize women, and have zero flair in improving themselves? And what's your go-to place to meet and get with hot women? Um, how do I deal in handling acquaintances? I, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I try to take a very you-do-you you and, and I'll do me and maybe we'll get together and do each other. No. Uh you know, I, I like to mind my business as much as I can, you know, and, and however people want to live their lives, if they want to be, um, you know, however it is that they want to be, I, that, that's their, their call. And I'm not, I'm not here to judge or to, uh, tell them otherwise, unless they ask me for advice, you know, uh, I'm not going to give them unsolicited advice. Cause I know I can't fucking stand that when people try to tell me that, that they think what I'm doing should be done different or whatever it, you know? And so I, I try to keep that same, same deal. Now, if they ask me, um, I'm happy to give my advice and I, and I also do what I do to try to, 
you know, lead by example to the best of my ability. I, I stumble, I make mistakes, I, I fuck up, but, uh, you know, that, that I think that's the best way to handle it, if you want to call it that. My go-to place to meet and get with hot women, there there is no place, um, and I don't meet and get with hot women, generally speaking. So, um, let's see. <clears throat> Do you think that with the rise of many ex-military spec ops personnel and social media and stardom, the sometimes grim or harsh reality of the job gets overlooked or watered down. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I think that, you know, there's there's a, an element of that even to just pop culture and and Hollywood that's been going on long before social media. You know, the, the book Rogue Warrior by Dick Marcenko, rest in peace, Dick, um, you know, w- was kind of that way. Not that it didn't talk, talk or speak to the horrors of, of war and the, the war in Vietnam and what combat is like, but it, it absolutely romanticized it in a way that I think inspired a lot of people and, and maybe made them overlook or look past some of the, the horrors of, of combat. For me, it did. I read it in high school and, and was like, fucking A, sign me up. The movie Navy SEALs, same thing. Um, you know, so there's shows and, and movies and books and things that, uh, you know, have taken place before so well before social media existed that I think do that same thing. Um, I also think it's a little bit of human nature with, you know, kind of looking back on things or, or portraying things with rose colored glasses a little bit. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woo-hoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. Uh, What kind of jeans do you guys wear? It's an interesting question. Right now I have on Wranglers. Um... Wranglers, Carhartts, and um, yeah, that's really about it. I've got some other branded jeans that are like, I don't even know what the fuck brand they are. They're like kind of a stretch fabric, though, when I'm uh, that I'll wear like for riding because they're a little bit more uh, com- not comfortable, but just uh, they, they move a little better and make it a little easier to ride. But <clears throat> um, all right, let's see. What do you want to be when you grow up? 
what were your plans for your career prior to processing out of the Navy? How many times a day do you say, fuck it, I'm doing X, Y, Z anyway? Uh, I don't want to ever grow up, so I don't know what I want to be. I, I, I want to just continue to do what I'm doing, which is building the uh, food and treat company. Get your team dog food treat supplements at MikeRitlandCo.com. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I just am going to continue to do that until I don't need to do it anymore. What was what my plans for getting out of the Navy were? Um, were doing what I'm doing now was ultimately to start my own dog company and and uh, you know trans transition into being an entrepreneur. Ultimately, um, how many times a day do you say "fuck it"? I'm doing X, Y, Z anyway. Uh, pretty much all day long. Um, are there examples of you doing something particularly dumb as a new guy in the teams? What were the repercussions? Um, let's see, particularly dumb thing. God, there was a, there was a number of them, but I would say misplacing a night vision lens for a digital camera right before my first deployment, um, that was a, a mistake that uh, I paid severely for. What's my favorite cruise bike? Indian Challenger. Um, let's see. I'd love to. I'd love you to interview Mike's kennel guy. I think Neil is his name. Yes, it is. It's a hell of a good dude. Uh, cool to see what it's like to work for Mike and hear stories about warrior dogs when they first get there. Also, maybe interview one of Matt's employees. Um, I agree. I think I should interview Matt's employee and he should interview Neil though, because I think a boss interviewing their employee technically, um, I can see where that, uh, you know, would be a little bit manufactured, but, um, is Rico doing okay? Yes, he is. He's still kicking and doing well. Um, let's see. <clears throat> All right, I have all things men questions. I know Mike will be as real, as honest as it gets. Men in their 40s, how many times per week sex is normal? I think it depends on the dude. Um, you know, I think for some of us, every day or even twice a day uh, can be normal. I think for other people, once a week or even a few times a month is probably normal. I think it depends on your drive, how good a shape you're in, what your diet's like where you're at in your life stress-wise, there's a lot of factors that are going to uh, dictate that. A doctor I asked told me once a week is normal. Um, is that all? How is that enough? Well, if it's not, then it isn't, and you should do it more. They say testosterone levels lower with age, but should they actually lower or stay the same? Uh, sorry, but some of us chicks are curious about this stuff and depressed if it's true. I didn't realize that was a chick. I should have read your name. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think, you know, for me that's, absolutely not enough and it's not even close testosterone levels i think that's one of those things where i do think it's normal for it to lower some i don't think it's normal for it to lower as much as a lot of men do because of how little they take care of themselves I, and i think diet exercise lifestyle stress all of those things play an enormous role in your natural testosterone levels and so I think if you optimize all of those things, they're not going to lower near as much as they do if you eat like shit, don't work out, super stressed out, sleep like shit, um, are miserable at whatever it is that you're doing for a living. You know, all those things are going to amplify that. But no different than, you know, your joint cartilage or your eyesight or hearing. You know, as you age, yeah, I, I, you know, stomach acid, same thing, is that 
all of those things over time, you know, your body can only produce them at, at such levels for so long. Your eyesight can only be good for so long. Again, the better you take care of yourself, uh, the longer it's going to last. But it, I, I do think it has a shelf life. Um, what is your morning routine like these days? After all the great guests, I'm sure you've picked up on some tips. Um, it's pretty boring, frankly. I usually get up anywhere from 6.45 to 7.30, and really the first thing I do is, um, is I go make a cup of coffee with, um, some heavy cream and some MCT oil powder from our good buddy Bubs, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and some collagen, sorry. Um, and a little bit of uh, monk fruit vanilla. And I make that into a slurry. I'll have a couple of cups of that while I check email and do kind of the administrative business stuff you know, check in with, uh, you know, who I need to check in with. If I've got a protection dog in the house, which is almost always, I, uh, you know, let them out as well as the other dogs and, and, uh, you know, put them through their morning routine, which is really just kind of letting them out and go to the bathroom. And I may do a little bit of a, tr a training session with them then, depending on where they're at, just kind of walking around and reinforcing some desired behaviors with food. Um, you know, and then from there, I, I kind of get my day started, whether it's coming here to the studio or, or doing other things that, that require something outside of that first part of the morning. Um, in your eyes, what's the main difference between six and Delta? Um, you know, having never been at either, maybe I'm not the guy to ask that, but uh, you know, the way I see it, I guess, is that, you know, to, to split it down i mean one is technically maritime the other one's not but at this point they've both been doing so many things um you know overseas that are basically the same that it's not really an accurate contrast but um there's not a huge difference in my opinion um obviously one's in the army and one's in the navy but what they do and how they do it and and their um, you know, the, the types of missions that they do, the caliber of dudes that are there, the level of training they have, their budgets, their training areas, all those things are, are pretty comparable. Um, you know, so I, I don't think there's a huge difference, frankly. But what would you say is a good tactic for police to deal with alienated people or people on drugs, taser or other non-lethal a dog? It's, it's tough to, to have a this is what I would do because there are a lot of variables in those situations that are going to dictate I think, you know, tasers and dogs are, are good mechanisms uh, for that kind of stuff. But again, it depends on the environment. You know, uh, I think tasers can be, uh, you know, a great tool in certain en environments. And I think they can be a really terrible tool in certain environments, depending on, you know, what all is going on. But I would say those two things are um, that and, and uh, you know, CS gas, tear gas. I, I think those three things are good non-lethal mechanisms to, uh, to use tactically. Um, <clears throat> I wonder what Mike's limit for corruption in government before he has to personally remove said corruption is. Uh, well, what I would say is that uh, to talk about something like that on this platform uh, is probably not the best idea. Um. Let's see. All right, this one's a car question, which I'll do one car question. Um, thank you for your service um, and for the quality content. My question comes from hearing you talk about your 488P still, along with the pride that comes with owning that fine vehicle, comes with different maintenance responsibilities, both interior and exterior. 
Are there specific maintenance products and or gadgets that you've had to buy specifically to maintain the Ferrari clear coat interior rims, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if there are, explain what's different than you'd say on a newer Corvette or Camaro. Here's what I will say that's pretty awesome about Ferrari is that uh, they have seven years of unlimited uh, mileage and maintenance. Uh, th- three years bumper to bumper, and then you can add four more years if you, if you pay a few thousand dollars a year to add that warranty. But it's uh, seven years of, of service uh, come with the car. So it does not cost a dime uh, to maintain it in normal maintenance schedules, uh, tires, you still have to do, uh, but you know, oil changes, any, any timing belts, any, any of that kind of stuff, uh, it's all included for seven years, which is uh, pretty remarkable. So it's actually lower than, uh, than pretty much every car I've ever had. I mean, my, my F one fifty truck maintenance wise is more expensive than, than the Pista is. So, uh, that's the only brand to my knowledge on, you know, the high end Euro exotics that that's the case. But, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a remarkable uh, company. Um, hello from Brazil. I appreciate your support. Uh, thank you for your service. Whenever U.S. forces go out of country to fight terrorism, oppressive regimes, or any other asshole, you're not only defending the USA but a whole free world. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Uh, what are your thoughts on the U.S. embassy flying a Black Lives Matter flag below the stars and stripes? Um. For me personally, I am not a fan of that. I, I I don't think the embassy should fly any flag other than the United States flag. Um, that's just my take. You know, whatever it is, I don't think you know whether it's Black Lives Matter or a Don't Tread on Me flag or you know whatever. I, I just I, I think an embassy should have the American flag and that's it. But um, a popular saying that has resurfaced and should be at the forefront of everything is the Constitution doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. Um, I agree. Um, you know, the, let's see, would love to hear the last hour of this podcast. Uh, sorry, this is a comment on, on the Andy Stumpf interview. My bad. Uh, let's see. All right, what was your worst date ever as an adult? Embarrassing, horrible, disappointing, anything. I haven't been on a lot of dates as an adult, frankly. Um, the few that I have, none of them uh, were embarrassing, horrible, or disappointing, even if they weren't uh, fruitful. Um, you know, it's all, it's all learning experiences. So, All right, so that's it on YouTube. I'm going to transfer over to uh, Instagram quick. Uh, where are we at on time there, Chief? 50 minutes. All right. The uh, my good buddy Clinton was calling in, which is funny. Uh, bear with me for a second. I'm ex- so we're on air right now. I'm going to answer this. This is Clint from uh, Hunter Deadly Skills. Hey, Clint. Hey. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm in the middle of a podcast, a Q and A, and I'm answering while. While I'm uh, talking, yeah. So, yeah. Well, did you need? Did uh, what? What are we talking about? What did you need? You are on air, or is that not something you want to talk about on air? All right. Uh, 
All right. All right. Bye. That was our good buddy, Clint Emerson, 100 Deadly Skills. I uh, can't beat that shit. He wanted to talk about something that uh, is not capable for being on air, but whatever. All right. Uh, switching over to Instagram. Questions. Um, a lot of these are podcast suggestions, but uh, let's see. Most of them, actually. How do you feel about artillery, and have you had any experience with it on the battlefield? Uh, it, it's a great equalizer. There's no doubt about it. It can be a an incredibly valuable tool. Uh, I've never fired it. I've had it fired on me. Um, and I also had a, a counter-artillery battery, which I talk about in uh, Trident Canine Warriors, as well as the interview I did with Sean Ryan if you want to hear that story, but, um, so limited, but I have, I have had it fired on me and I've been, I've had my ass saved by American artillery. Um, <clears throat> let's see, not to discredit one guest or the other cause that, because they're all amazing, um, with amazing stories, but is there one that sticks out as being your favorite interview or that you enjoyed spending time with the most? I would say it's a tie between Laura Logan because of the amazing story that she has and, and she's such a good interview being a world-class journalist and, and being such a great interviewer herself. Um, you know, she just, she was a, a phenomenal interview. Um, the other one is Dr. James Mitchell. And again, I, you know, I've, I've valued every guest I've had on for different reasons and I've enjoyed the hell out of all of them for different reasons. But the thing that I liked about Dr. James Mitchell, which he wrote a book called um, Enhanced Interrogations, uh, he was the lead uh, interrogator post 9-11 for, um, for the United States, you know, doing a lot of pretty pretty wild shit and interrogating Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. He, he was the one that actually broke uh, KSM and, and uh, you know, got to the bottom of, of a lot of nine 11 stuff that way. So it was, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fascinating, but it was also neat. I think to, to draw the parallels as I was talking to him about dog training and how, you know, how, how those two things are related in a lot of ways. So, um, that, that one will always kind of stand out as being, being super fascinating. Any training approach differences between a working dog and a sporting herding dog? I would say that in principle, no. Um, you know, they largely are, are the same process. You know, how you get from point A to point B in dog training is, is basically all the same. Whether it's herding, teaching herding dogs to herd, or, or whether it's teaching police dogs their thing, military dogs, search and rescue, basic pet obedience. Um, you know, again, it's, it's shaping behavior using an, a, a reinforcement and providing a consequence for the things that you don't want to do and being super, super consistent with all of those things until it gets to the point where the dog understands uh, what's what, you know, and that's really the gist of it. Have you or do you train and ship dogs to Canada? Have you been? If so, hate, love, or indifferent? Uh, I love Canada, actually. I've been there a few times. I have uh, dog uh, protection dogs that I have sold to Canadian clients, and um I, I love the country. It's beautiful. Uh, the people are great. I hate to see what's going on there right now, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I think Canada is an awesome awesome place. Um, 
All right. Let's see. I'm, let me skip through. Uh, what's the biggest shift in general America in the general American way of life compared to now from when you were a kid? I'm gearing that more towards a positive response because I believe in focusing on the good is better than highlighting the negative, but answer how you feel is truthful. Could even be a mixed bag of feelings on that one. Well, it sounds like you're kind of telling me how to answer this question, which uh, if you want to know my answer, don't tell me how to answer it. Just kidding. Um, the biggest shift, technology is the biggest shift, and, and it is a mixed bag and that it's a double-edged sword. There's some amazingly brilliant things about technology that have made our lives uh, better and, and enhanced them in a way that uh, is hard to hard to even wrap your mind around in some ways. I, I don't think. I mean, there, there is not have there have not has not been Jesus Christ can't even talk. There has not been a better time in history to start your own business, be an entrepreneur and, and kind of do your own thing without having to depend on an employer or the government, uh, you know, a corporation to, to make money and, and start a business, you know? So, uh, in that regard, why did that light just turn off? Do you know? Yeah. You're just going into sleep mode. Oh, okay. It's all good. Yeah. All right. Uh, sorry for the interruption. When I see lights turning off in the studio, it makes me nervous, but, uh, <clears throat> so, um, you know, that, that element of being able to start your own business and, and also from a communication standpoint, from capturing memories and pictures of things with, you know, the, the technology again, that everybody's walking around in their pocket, something as, as simple as search engines. You know, if you think back to, uh, just when I was growing up doing a book report or, or a project on a subject, you know, having to go to the library and, uh, look things up and, and, sift through you know so many different resources to get a very limited amount of information whereas now literally every, you know pretty much everybody walking around has the world at their fingertips literally um, you know that's an amazing thing but that comes with a price too and, and you see it in um, the the ineptness with which a lot of people live their lives socially now you know people can't read the fucking room and are socially awkward especially kids that have grown up you know doing this instead of looking at people in the face and interacting and, and reading social cues and, and things like that. Um, I, I do kind of long for and miss the, the simplicity of, of growing up in the eighties where, uh, you know, there, there weren't cell phones, there wasn't the internet. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a, a smaller, tighter circle that you ran with. Uh, and, and things were just simpler back then than they are now, you know, uh, life is a lot more complicated. So, um, but, you know, to your question, technology, I think, is, is the biggest shift. And, and I think that's led to how people engage and interact with each other, which is is far more negative. Um, the plus side, again, is that, you know, to be able to face, you know, to see like a, a grandchild FaceTime with their grandparent that lives, you know, maybe in a different country or, or across this country or, or that's sick and can't travel or vice versa. And, and you know, being able to record memories and, and share them with people and, and get, you know, news on what's going on all over the world, you know, in an instant, you know, those are all pretty remarkable things that if you look at historically the, the, the human experience, those are all things that, you know, it's a very, very short time that, that we've been able to, to do that in contrast to how long human beings have been roaming this planet. So, um, you know, that's, it, that's a pretty remarkable time to be alive in, in that sense. Name one situation where you had to issue a choke yourself to yourself. Uh, 
that's every day, man. I mean, multiple times a day. Um, let's see more suggestions. Does the sex of a dog matter for a working dog? Do you have a preference? No and no. Um, you know, my selection test for a good working dog or even a pet or, or whatever is, is the same irrespective of whether or not it's a male or female. So if I'm grabbing a dog to, to do a, a selection test on whether they're male or female plays no role in, in how I evaluate them. And if they pass the test, then it, then it doesn't matter. The only difference I guess when it comes to working is that, you know, when a female does come into season, it, it can, from a hormonal standpoint can change how they, they operate a little bit. So for that 10 to 14 days that they're uh, in estrus, uh, it can, it can affect their workability a little bit. Not always. I've seen some that it had really no impact and didn't matter. And some that it, you wanted to give them that time off and, uh, and let them chill out a little bit, just like a good woman. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so it, it, in that way, there's that little bit of a difference. I don't have a preference to me. A good dog is a good dog. And, and like I said, since I don't give a shit whether or not they're a male or female, it doesn't, doesn't play a role. Uh, GBRS team definitely has a lot to offer. Another suggestion, uh, that is in the works. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to make that happen. Uh, let's see. What do you think about the SEAL team show? Is it realistic? I've not actually not, uh, I've not watched it. So. Not, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like I'm not opposed to it or anti. I just uh, I don't watch a ton of TV to begin with, and um, nothing against those guys, the advisors. I think it, it's it's cool actually that um, that it's done well enough to be on for several years and seems to have a, a decent following and all that. Uh, but for me, like if I'm gonna sit down and and waste time watching TV, uh, it's not gonna be people pretending to do a job that I used to do. So. Um, that's just, uh, kind of my shitty take on it. Um, we want to know your story, Mike, do a podcast on yourself. Well, I kind of am right now, but again, I've, I've been on a lot of them. Um, you know, check out, can you survive this podcast with Clint Emerson? Uh, I've been on that a couple times and, and the Sean Ryan show, I think it's episode number five, uh, where I was on his show, uh, is hands down the most, uh, elaborate and thorough interview that I've that I've been on personally that, you know, any, any story of mine that you want to hear, or, you know, for those of you saying, I want to hear you get interviewed, go watch that show. Cause he, he does a, just a phenomenal fucking job. His whole show is awesome. Can't, can't recommend it enough. Um, <clears throat> all right. Regarding the topic of your new book, what can we as Americans do to make this country better? So many people have lost faith in the voting process and our country in general. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, have you read the book, Get Fit with Kathy? I hope you have. Uh, if you have, then uh, I would say um, to synopsize that, the the gist of it is lead by example. Um, you know, I, I go through kind of a, a checklist of before you go into a conversation or argument, debate, before you even um, take a, a side or an opinion on a subject to ditch your emotions, ditch your politics, uh, get rid of your religion, not across the board, just as it relates to biasing your opinion, um, and go into that argument or whatever with the understanding that you might be wrong. Those four things, if you check each one of those, okay, I'm, I'm not emotional, I'm, I'm not using political points or, or a, a bias politically to, to determine how I should think on something. 
you're removing the religious uh, undertone or aspect about it. Uh, and what I'm going into thinking may be wrong. If you do those four things with everything, this world would be a, a far, far better place. That's number one. Number two is that it can be daunting to look at things and say, Jesus Christ, like, look where we're at and it's depressing and whatever. How, how can me, you know, how, how can I make a difference? Um, well, having that attitude uh, is going to hinder your ability to make a difference. But if you do all of the things that you think everybody else should live by, i.e. Not, not minding your own fucking business, uh, which is another big problem that this country has. Everybody wants to tell everybody else how to live, but but they're not willing to to do the same things that they expect everybody else to do, you know, is that set that example, you know, eat clean most of the time, take, take care of your body and work out. You know, those two things make everybody healthier, happier, and more productive, and also takes a, a burden or a load off of uh, the healthcare system. Uh, get outside, exercise, get sunlight. Uh, those are, are good for your mental health and your physical well-being as well. Uh, and then do things that, that are a net positive to society. I'm not going to tell you how, you know, or, or give you advice even on how to live. Everybody has their own things that they're into and whatever. It's just whatever it is that, that you're into or that you want to do, live your life in a manner where what you're doing is a net positive to society and not a liability or, or a draw on society. doesn't matter what it is, you know, but, but, Volunteer, put your time, you know, charity work, I mean, whatever it is, be a, a good father, a good husband, a good friend, um, you know, just do things that are, uh, that are going to impact society and other people positively and, and do the things that you want to see in everybody else. And if everybody does those two main things, this, this country collective mean average wise is going to be raised a lot. You know, so that that ultimately is is what you can do. Um, let's see, where are we at time wise? Hour and four minutes. Okay, so I wanted to keep this, uh, you know, about an hour, um, and that's that's about where we're at. And I think, uh, you know, ending on that that answer is probably uh, probably best anyway. So. Um, I appreciate your, uh, your questions. Um, I do encourage you to go get that book. Let me grab it real quick. Unfuck America. Uh, one thing I, I am considering doing and, and, you know, drop, drop a comment in the, in the comment section on YouTube. Uh, if you support it, I was thinking about reading the book to you guys instead of doing an audio book, because people have been asking me the pain in the ass of going in the studio and, and, how long it takes to do that and carving out that time for me is uh, not super realistic. And I also thought, you know, this is information I want to share with you and, and it would be free uh, instead of you buying an audiobook anyway. Um, is that to, to read one chapter as a mic drop episode and read the entire fucking book for you guys in person? It's my voice doing it and you can even watch me do it uh, and even wrap the chapter up with some thoughts on it uh, afterwards. If that's something you guys uh, would be interested in and, and want to see, uh, show some support in the comments and uh, and let me know because uh, I may do that. But anyway, uh, another another Q and A in the books. Um, I will try to do these uh, at least. We'll say maybe once a quarter, and uh, and get get some questions out to you guys to uh, to interact with me in that manner a little more often. So. Uh, mrco.com is uh, where you can get uh, the food treats 
supplements, uh, get the book, um, anything dog related, collars, leashes, um, even uh, the, the heavy duty dog crates that we sell, you name it. So I uh, appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and until next time, this is Mike Drop. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.